Hi there, everybody. My name is Karen Abramson, and I live here in Israel, but I'm originally from England. I have been keeping a diary since I was a very young girl, and every single day I record what's happened during the day. Of course, this year, 2020, is a very unusual year. This is my COVID diary. I want to share this with you, my COVID diary, and I hope that you would like to share your COVID diary with me. Hi everybody, it's Karen again. Welcome back to episode three of My COVID Diaries. So I've got rid of Rob Goldstone, who was great fun. I think you'll all admit it was an extremely good um, interview. But now, now I've got my Rob back. Here we are again. Hi Rob, how are you? Hi Karen, I'm very well and excited to continue the COVID diary journey with you. Um, we've we sort of left off last week after sort of the, the sadness of the wedding and the up and down of, is it going to happen and is it going to not happen? Um, and obviously we were sort of left on a cliff, cliff edge really. And we'll, I know we're going to come back to that story later on in a few months time when uh, we pick up the wedding thread, but um, I'm hoping for some, you know, more humor this week so we can lift our spirits, but I know we're going to perhaps start on not so much of, a, 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 of humor, um, and, but dive into um, another sort of few weeks of what's happening in, in Karen's world. So remind me where we left off, Karen. What, what day are we on in March? Well, uh, we were on March the um, 18th, or was it the 19th, um, that we were leaving England. So I've written here on March the 19th, we drove down to London very early this morning and I cried saying goodbye to Hawley Lane House, knowing I would never live there again. It was very strange arriving at Heathrow Airport. It was so quiet. A few people around and I was acutely aware that I had no idea when I would return to this country, the country of my birth. And when I would see my mummy and my kids, it's all so difficult. And if I thought London was quiet, when we walked through Ben Gurion Airport on our arrival, I was shocked. There was hardly anyone there. I looked down at the departure hall and there was a handful of people and all the duty-free shops were locked up. So sad. We arrived home and as we got out of the taxi into our house, I realized that for two weeks, we are now confined to the house as we were in isolation. Strange feeling, not even sure if Kim, my wonderful help is allowed to come. I can't even clean. I don't know how to clean. <laughs> I will find out tomorrow. It's cold and rainy here, miserable, and kind of matches my mood. Phone Nicola. Tally has a high temperature. If you remember, Tally was the bride. And Dassey, and that's Tally's younger sister, isn't feeling very well. Oh, help. I hope Martin and I stay healthy. I mean, it's, it's another emotional roller coaster because you've got all of these other things happening at the same time you you know you've sold the house that you've had in Manchester and um, you're leaving lots of family behind again and um, we're, we're entering into this big unknown journey now because at that point global news was very much clear uh, that this was going to be something that was going to dominate our year it was going to be a virus that was going to impact many people. We'd already heard, you know, different world leaders saying, you know, things like, I think you mentioned in previous episodes, people who are not supposed to leave us will leave us too early. Um, and people are going to pass away when they when they shouldn't because of this. And we're, we're seeing already the impact. I mean, your, your, your description of the airports is just chilling. I mean, this is chilling stuff. It was awful. It really was awful. I put here that 
um, on that night, Martin is very tearful, which I don't understand. I think that's because he wasn't feeling very well. And everything is so weird. I can't believe this is happening to the world. I wonder how long it can go on. So on March the 21st, I put, slept so well, probably because I'm not used to cleaning, was totally exhausted. <laughs> I'm a bit worried. Martin didn't feel good all day. And I fear that he has the virus. He, has, he is in pain with his head. He has a fever and his legs are very weak. Oh, help. I can't seem to get my head around this disaster that's affected the world. So now it's March the 22nd. Tally and Zach's wedding day, their original supposed wedding day. It's unbelievable that we're in this situation and that they, did, and that they didn't get married. Feels so sad for them. Day three of captivity. All the shops and restaurants are closed here in Israel, the same as in England. And when will we be safe? Martin had a very high temperature this morning and last night. So we were waiting for MDA to arrive. MDA is uh, the Magandovid Adom, uh, the ambulance service, who are just absolutely fabulous here, by the way, to arrive to test him for COVID-19. I cleaned and cleaned the house, which now looks very nice, but I'm shattered. But you, you, you've unfortunately now got an unwell husband, and obviously we're going to dive into what happens next. But suddenly I've got visions of you being sort of like Cinderella, cleaning and mopping and doing the dishes and being, as you say here, locked in captivity. Yes, I was locked in captivity with a duster in one hand and a hoover <laughs> in the other. And in fact, I'll tell you, I haven't written this in my diary, but I can tell you a little secret. Martin very kindly bought me a COVID present. My COVID present was not a piece of jewellery like some other girls would get, or a box of chocolates or a bunch of flowers. No, my COVID present was a Dyson, a Dyson Hoover. So I never realised how much I would love this little machine that whips around the house. It cost a fortune, but it's absolutely fabulous. I'm giving you a plug, Mr. Dyson. I feel like this is a podcast sponsorship. You know, for those of you that want to clean your house, look no further than Dyson. Exactly. And I might have, because I wasn't able to go to the hairdressers, I also have a Dyson hairdresser, hairdryer. So I've now got, I'm now totally uh, involved with Dyson. They were my two favourite things during Don't COVID. confuse the two when you're doing your hair or cleaning the floor. Try not to, but it can be a bit difficult when you're overtired. <laughs> so on March the 23rd, oh dear, it's getting quite hard. It's been a difficult day and evening. Martin is really sick. MDA came and did a test and we'll soon know if he has the virus. So I'll explain this to you, Rob. It was actually quite interesting. They came to the house in full, full gear, the whole full, you know. They're the in, has hazmat. in hazmat. Suit. Hazmat, gear, hazmat gear and what they do is they they come up to the um to the outside of the house and we've got we're all glass of the outside so people i can see what's going on through the front door they came through the gate then to the front door and they literally put all their equipment on the floor they had on um um i've had a, had a few of them coming to the house this i think this first one was just a soldier so that they they recruited the soldiers from our amazing army here in israel and this young soldier put on uh, um, his, his suit over his clothes, but everything was, was done in a very systematic way. And then only then would he enter the house. And um, Martin, I had him actually sitting in a chair in the garden. So he came out to the garden and he gave him the swab test and then he left. He wouldn't take a drink or anything because he couldn't take off his um, suit or anything else. And off he went. It was, it was actually quite, quite amazing. I mean, it's something of sci-fi movies, these sort of like, you know, 
quiet hazmat suits chillingly walking through the house and I mean it's yeah. you know we smile now but truth is obviously this is really oh. serious Martin's it's not well he's really feeling quite un un terrible and I know you understand this because I know that you also had COVID so you know how awful it is indeed so I'm saying here all I'm doing is cleaning and actually I'm getting quite good at it and I guess it passes the time away I can't believe the news Every day, all over the world, people are dying from this pandemic. I've not discovered, I hadn't discovered up till now how to order food online because everything's in Hebrew, it's a bit too difficult for me. But I found out from Mark Seetler, who's a friend of ours, that actually all I had to do was phone um, Al at the local uh, greengrocers and he will deliver groceries from the greengrocers and also food from his little supermarket and also meat, although I get that from my butcher. From the, he owns the three shops very around the corner, very near to us. So they were delivering all the food. And also good to support local businesses. I know that's something that, yeah. you know, we, we, we feel it perhaps even more now that, you know, these small shopkeepers who have been decimated by the pandemic, um, you know, all of these little things I've been trying myself even now, just if I can buy it locally from, from a small business owner, I will. Yeah, and I think that's a very good idea. And they're, now they're all booking fabulous cruises for next year because they've done very well out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway and then when you think you know all the other places aren't that you know the big the big stores anyway that's another story for another day so march the 24th not a good day martin is really not well and has been crying all day and is very weak the government in the uk have now put the country into lockdown and martin's office in manchester is now closed and everyone is working from home i once again spent the day with my companion the mop and the dyson and oh, and as yet, and yet another nail broke as I cleaned and cleaned. Martin seems to be getting worse. I'm really worried about him. He was asleep in bed by eight o'clock and about nine o'clock, I got a call from Maccabi, which is the NHS of Israel, to confirm that Martin has the virus. A doctor spoke to me and told me that an ambulance was coming to take him to the hospital and I refused. We argued backwards and forwards this doctor was saying to me, no, you have to let your husband come to the hospital. It's the best thing. He's 72 years of age. It's not 71. He was at the time. It's too dangerous to let him be at home. And you must not be near him. You have to send him to the hospital. I knew, I just felt it was the wrong thing to do. I had to do. I knew that as long as he doesn't get any worse, I would be able to nurse him at home. But they weren't happy. I phoned all the kids to ask their advice. And David, my, my son David, felt it was the best for him. And for me, if he stayed at home and I nursed him and Nicola and Yoni agreed. I then moved out of our bedroom, Martin was still asleep, and into the bedroom downstairs. I hope I sleep. I mean, this is now like super real. You've got oh. a very ill husband and it sounded like it really emotionally affected Martin. Yeah, um, I've heard this from a few people um, that they they cried they cried a lot a few people that this this was one of the symptoms for him that he was he was very very depressed because the what he was doing which was a lot of people were doing and it's so silly really he was sitting sitting in front of the TV all day watching the news and it's just getting worse and worse and worse not here in Israel but definitely in the UK and he was watching the UK news and he obviously had caught the virus in the UK. And so he was watching this and it was very, very depressing. And he was just getting him more into a fug about the whole thing. And it was, he kept on thinking that he wasn't going to survive this. So on March the 25th, 
the night, the morning after um, Martin had been diagnosed, um, I woke, I said here, I woke Martin this morning with the news that he has the virus and he was so emotional. I spent the day cleaning, washing, ironing and tending to Martin, trying to keep his spirits up. Not easy. Cinderella's back. Oh, anyway, March the 26th, Martin is really rough and too weak to talk to anyone. He's not eating very much. and I'm making him soup and comfort food. He's still very weak and very tearful. I think he feels he will never get better. Guess what? I changed the sheets today, which is a first for me. I nearly got buried inside the duvet and washed and ironed the other sheets. I didn't do them very well, loads of creases, but still, I did it. I mean, COVID is really bringing in some serious life lessons for you, Karen. Oh, you bet. You, <laughs> I can't believe it. And, and during the time I was phoning my mother and um, who didn't have dementia, but she had she had some sort of hardening of the arteries or some, something that wasn't quite right. It wasn't full on dementia, but so she knew when she was talking to me. And I would phone her every day and say, mummy, guess what? I've changed the sheets. And she would say, Karen, that's amazing. Well done. Well done. Anyway, March the 31st, 30th, sorry. And day 11 of our quarantine and isolation. Maccabi have delivered us a thermometer and a little machine to register Martin's oxygen levels and his pulse. And every day, twice a day, I have to take this information and Maccabi call me and ask how Martin is and what his obs are. If they fall before, below a certain level, they will take him to hospital. I mean, it's quite incredible. Don't you think, Rob? It's, it's amazing. And I was amazed, actually, by how brilliant all of the healthcare providers in the country actually were activated to get these little devices out to everybody so as soon as you sort of delivered the news that you had covid and you were in quarantine they would deliver to your house this the thermometer and the oxygen level machine um which was just brilliant i just was so it, it just felt like the country knew that we need this connectivity with caring for our sick and it's such a jewish moment of looking it really really is we just i felt wow this and they also sent us loads of masks by the way and then sent us a load of masks i never got masks oh sorry i still got <laughs> left over to us but they were very sort of strict on that you know you got away but what i thought was so fabulous was that every morning a nurse would phone and say Hello, Shalom, Giveret Abramson, Giveret meaning Mrs. Abramson. Um, how is your husband? How is Martin today? How is Martin? <laughs> so I thought, can we have his obs, please? Yes. And and they just were so caring. And I just felt there was somebody, or and you always knew there was going to be somebody at the other end of the phone, which was very, very helpful. Were you uh, were you um, truthful about the obs? Come on. Well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you about that in a minute. Well, okay, I'll yeah. tell you about that. So towards the towards the end of the of the the uh, as Martin was getting better, and I was getting really bored with having to do because sometimes the the little machine would be upstairs and he'd be downstairs or he'd be somewhere in the garden and I'd be upstairs, and I didn't have the machine with me. So rather than hanging on to this woman, she would say to me, "So tell me, Gavereth Abramson, how is Martin today? What is his obs? Can you tell me his temperature?" So I thought, oh, for heaven's sake. So out of the top of my head, I would say something like, yes, temperature's great, 36.5. Oh, tough, tough, my horse, very, very good. And uh, tell me his oxygen level. Yeah, well, uh, his oxygen level today is 96. Ah, 
Metsuyan, that's great. And then, uh, and then, um, and tell me what, what is his pulse? Oh, his pulse is 86 today. Ah, fantastic. Oh, he's doing very well. Very, very good. I'm so happy. And Martin would say, did they phone this morning from Maccabi? Uh, yeah. Well, you didn't take my order. <laughs> oh, well, don't worry. Don't worry. So yeah, I did lie a couple of times because it was, you know, not always convenient. You're the equivalent of medical fake news. Yes, I am. Definitely. I've said here he's still very weak and feels like he's never going to get better, but he will and he's improved whether he likes it or not. He's just very depressed and is watching too much TV and the news is getting worse daily. So many people sick and dying, it's totally frightening. But here in Israel, it's actually not bad at all. And all our friends have told us that Martin is the only person they know who has the virus. Thank heavens for the kids. They're FaceTiming us every day. Maccabi has now got a therapist calling Martin, someone he can talk to and tell his problems to. It kind of helps that she is extremely attractive and young, judging by her profile picture. So he used to love it when this girl would phone in the evenings and he'd go off into a room and talk to her quietly and tell her all his problems. I never got this phone call. We were depressed. Martin was depressed. He was crying. Why did Martin tell me that I should have at least said I was depressed? Oh, yeah, that was a bit silly, really. Never mind. <laughs> okay, so March the 31st and day 12 of quarantine. To be honest, it's getting harder and harder. And I'm now going to treat myself to a Jewish woman's whinge. Martin has been the worst patient. Sorry to be unkind. But he's crying, moaning, depressed, a bit breathless. And I'm fed up of being his nurse. Aren't I horrid? I'm sick of cleaning. I'm sick of washing and ironing. And I'm sleeping in the horrible bedroom downstairs. I've been told not to have a bath in my bathroom because Martin is using it and I could catch the virus from the bath. So I'm desperate to have a long soak in my bath. And just to continue this with this rant, my nails have all gone. My hair looks like a mad woman, a mad woman's hair. I don't have time to blow dry it, just wash it. So being honest, I look a bit like a deranged cave woman. <laughs> Sorry about the rant. Feel better now. Martin had another COVID test today, so we await the results. Oh, it's hysterical, Karen. It's just, oh, yeah. for those that know you, this is even more funny. <laughs> yeah, well, it did have its funny moments because I have got a good sense of humour and you have to keep your sense of humour in these situations. You, were you, you, were you, you were obviously completely separate from whatever Martin was doing still. Well, um, not as separate as I should have been. I mean, I was sleeping downstairs. He was sleeping upstairs. Fine, OK. I was sleeping in the basement in a bedroom downstairs. So we worked together. But I was giving him his food. I was, there was nobody else in the house. I didn't see anybody other, other people at all. So I, would, I wasn't shoving it under a door like you see some of the people were doing, which was extremely sensible. No, I was doing it the, um, the uh, Karen way, which is, darling, do you want me to make you a nice cappuccino? Come sit down next to me. And I was, you know, stroking his head and trying to be nice when I wasn't sticking little pins in a little Martin doll in the kitchen when I was, when I was getting a bit fed up. <laughs> you might have had it and been asymptomatic. Well, we'll come to that later. But anyway, April the 1st, April Fool's Day. But believe me, this is no joke. 2,500 people have now died in England. We know of a few of them and also of those who are very sick. It's dreadful. Fortunately, Israel is in a much better place most, than most countries. So I know we're lucky to be here, but I miss, I miss my kids so much it hurts. It really did. I was really finding it very, very difficult. Very, very so difficult. So we, we had this sort of 
sense of positivity here, unlike other places in the world, because we had been dealing with it just so, so well. There were, you know, very limited deaths. Yes, there were exposure to the virus, but, um, you know, the, the world was looking to us. And I just remember Netanyahu on TV and all the world leaders on a Zoom with him saying, how have you done this? And, and, and we sort of felt confident that we would be able to just deal with this. We're gonna come through it. And for some reason, we've been blessed with handling this properly. Yeah, well, at the time, that was exactly the feeling. Everybody was saying, well, you, you know, my kids were saying, I'm so glad that you're in this role. I'm so glad you're in this role because if you were in England, it would be so much more dangerous and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we were the leaders. And I was proud that we were Israeli and being in Israel at, at this particular time. It was very good. April the 2nd and our 14th day of quarantine is up. But so quarantine is now up. But we still can't leave the house as Martin has to have two negative COVID tests. Did you have that? You have two negative I didn't COVID. actually, but I had it much, much later than, than Martin yeah. and the, the rules changed. All right. Well, yeah, you had to have two ne negative COVID tests before we were free to eat, go out for even a little walk. Marky, my dog, is going out more than me. I now send her to the local spa for the works, you know, nails, hair, the whole lot. Are you serious? I'm serious. <laughs> Um, and she's picked up by Evelyn, who is the, uh, the girl who runs the spa. I'm not allowed to actually see Evelyn, so I leave the lead outside and throw and sort of throw Marky out the door and she grabs her. Uh, she walks her, so she walks around to the spa, which means that she, she gets more exercise than I'm doing. Um, I have to be content with just walking around the garden again and again, just to feel fit, but at least the weather is good. I never thought I'd ever feel jealous of my dog, who looks much better than I do. How I long for a haircut. <laughs> Just the little things. It's all these little things that were taken away. I, I remember my, my eldest son, he hadn't had a haircut for literally, it, it was kind of nearly three months. And he, you know, he's so smart normally and he likes his hair sharp. And he literally was wearing a baseball cap every day. He was just so embarrassed of this thick mess that was on top of his head. Oh, dear me. Yeah, I, I, I can relate to that, I can tell you. April the 3rd, the nurses still call every morning and evening to see what Martin's odds are. And today the nurse informed me that the results of Martin's latest test came back. He's still positive for the virus. So that's a bit of a drag and a setback for us. This particular nurse was very bossy with asking me questions about whether I was sleeping with Martin. And she said to me, Give it. You must not sleep with your husband. I said, no, 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 I'm not sleeping with him. Of course I'm not. And you mustn't be in the same room. He has to be at the other side of the house. I said, well, uh, yeah, okay. And the other thing, Giveret, every day you have to take the sheets off the bed and you have to boil them. <laughs> I'm thinking, are you serious? Do you know I'm Jewish? Do Jewish women actually boil sheets? I said, boil them. She said, yes, Giveret, every day, a new sheet you have to boil. And I'm thinking, if I boil the sheets, fine, I put them on a hot wash. Fine. But I've, somebody's got to wash, somebody's got to iron those, dry and iron them. I thought, okay, yeah, I don't think so. Thank you very much. But no, I'm, <laughs> no, and there's no way I'm going to be ironing more sheets. Forget that one. April the 4th and the 5th. Um, oh, I've, I've put in here the, the story about, about the, uh, the false, false fake news with the, um, with the uh, OBS. So I said that when the nurse called this morning, I couldn't find Martin, so I just made up his obs. I know that's awful, but I'm sure it's about right. And thank heavens my friend Jimmy, who lives in Gibraltar, 
we talk every day normally while I'm ironing and he records hysterical messages about his attempts at cleaning and washing and we cheer each other up. The situation is still dire. So many people are dying. It's so tragic. Meanwhile, Martin, thank God, is starting to feel a little better. Still very tired, but we're getting somewhere. And April the 6th, we're trying to get ready for Pesach. If you remember Pesach, that's the, for those of you who don't know, that's the Jewish Passover. It was on actually April the 8th. Now, um, I don't know about you, but this was going to be a very, very strange, strange Pesach. But I was trying to get ready, cleaning the house, oh, trying to clean the house and, and getting the dishes down. You know, we have to change the dishes and trying to do all this. And obviously my heart wasn't really in it because we weren't going to be with the kids, which was, you know, not a good thing for us. I'd, um, I'm sure you were with your children. Um, lots of people were, were apart. All my friends weren't with their kids. It was extremely difficult, extremely difficult. But Pesach will come to in the uh, in episode four. But on April the 7th, I put here that I'm not feeling so good today, a bit weak and wobbly. Oops, mm -hmm. hope it's not you know what. Tonight, the kids made us a mock Seder. It was so special and Martin loved it, although he's still so emotional. We have, uh, they zoomed in on us, the children, and we, and we pretended that it was Pesach. And we made this, they actually made a Seder for us. And oh. it was fun. It was, it was our way of just being with them. So I put here to end, well, tomorrow night is Pesach, feeling very sad, but trying to stay upbeat. I mean, that is a, a two and a half week roller coaster of yes the funny side of the funny phone calls and obviously you cleaning and wanting the, the the hair blow dry but at the same time you had a pretty sick husband who you know was was up and down and you know this is as we've obviously sadly now realized the most awful virus that has just taken taken people so you know first of all delighted that martin made it through the other side he has made a strong stuff and, um, you know, we, we will maybe get him on in a later episode to talk about his experience. Yeah, I mean, for him, he was very scared. He had, he had feelings one time that he wasn't going to pull through. But that's because he was watching too much on the news and everything else, because his breathing was not that bad. His oxygen levels went down to about, I think the worst was 93. I don't know. That's pretty bad, I suppose, when, when normally they should be yeah. sort of 99. Or my my darling daughter-in-law Reba Lee is a hundred. Her oxygen level is a hundred. Well, well done, Reba Lee. Very well, very good. But um, uh, yeah, he he was pretty sick. But thank God I nursed him at home. I'm I'm very I'm very happy about that. You know, I think the uh, the watching the news element. I tried to actually avoid it when I did my quarantine when I had Corona because you just you get suddenly drawn into this tornado of horrid horrid news and you believe there's no end in sight and you're locked in this room for two weeks as, as I was and um, I ended up just you know sticking to Netflix not looking at the news and uh, you know battling my way through but uh, I hear that I hear that would affect people yeah a hundred percent it's um that you know the news let's 
face it. They they do try to say sensationalize it anyway, and make it worse than it probably is in a lot of ways. They show the the bad side of it. They don't show too many success stories. But one thing I did think was fabulous in in the UK and in episode four, I will cover this, and you'll know what I'm talking about when I talk about um, the country coming together when it was Pesach. Well, the country in, in the UK I thought was fabulous. What they used to do every Thursday night. They would clap for the NHS. I thought that was an amazing thing to do. And, and I thought it was it was deserved, you know. And even me here in Israel, I would turn on the television at 10 o'clock our time, which is 8 o'clock in, in, in the UK, and I would clap for the, the NHS. They deserved it. They were blooming hard. They still are, sadly. They're still uh, they very, very hard. Well, look, again, another sort of roller coaster, as I said, journey through another episode of Karen's COVID Diaries um, and we look forward to, to to following the continuation of the story. Yeah and I look forward to seeing you again soon Rob.